Hi up, Chucks. It's the IGN UK podcast. I'm Stu, and I'm do- joined by Dan and Keza. Hello. Are you trying to be northern then? Yeah. I'm joined hey by Jack. Hello, Chucks. Hello. Yarit. Yarit, Paul. You're right, love. You're more northern than, than me. Technically, I'm more northern than both of you. But you're not of the north. I've, am I not of the north? It's got, but the north signifies the north of England, doesn't it? I guess. Does it? it? I mean, maybe only if you're English does the north signify the north of England. No, but no, I think that if you <laughs> you, you live in England. I do. Um, but when people say the north, they would definitely refer to Lancashire and Yorkshire. I think. Or that bit just before the wall. Before the wall, yeah. Mm. That wall was a failure. I was thinking about the wall in Game of Thrones the other day, um, as I often do. Why didn't they just sail around it, like the little tiny bit around the side? Because that's sea. It's flanked by sea on either side. Yeah, isn't it? Gets the wall. Just, just gonna get in a boat and just go around. Isn't the sea frozen? Can they just walk? walk across it then? Yeah, just walk. I just don't understand that. There must be a mountain range. Or there something. must be a reason. No, it's just like it's like the ne- like it gets to a neck. Have you suggested that's George R R R Martin? Yeah, that's why he's taking so long. He's like, fuck. I'm gonna have to somehow retroactively justify all this shit. <laughs> You're pretty good at finding plot holes, aren't you? Yeah. I'm a, it's I'm a skill a, of yours. I'm a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> You're that guy on the internet. Funny man. Uh, yeah, well, let's look at the news. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was fast. Straight in. Straight in. Not going to like George about Allegaia. Not We're not going to talk about what we've been doing this week. We're not going to talk about the IGN pub quiz, which was awesome. Yeah, if you want to. I wasn't, I wasn't there. <laughs> it was, was pretty any, good Was any time. cop? Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Are we doing another one soon? <laughs> I, th- I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna rest the pub quiz for a while. We've got busy time coming up with these. We're, we're gonna right? put it in a coffin and kill it. <laughs> no, we're gonna put it in a coffin alive and just let it die slowly. Yeah, That's very Edgar Allan Poe of you. Very I hope nice, we're not yeah. gonna do that because they're really good fun. Can we do it to that, that that guy in Seven that's just lying on the bed with loads of magic trees around him? No, just do that. But we're gonna too. do it with a big razor dildo. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the scene the like Seven's a pretty extreme film anyway yeah well it's a very unsettling film uh, but that's the usually the thing they cut out when they put it on TV is the Polaroid of the razor dildo mm. fact <laughs> interesting so, oh, let's crack on it's alright I've, I've got the droopy one this week hang on oh I'm just tightening it up Stuart's drooping oh come on it's pretty common for you these there days, we go the microphone's now in place yep there's been some news. Uh, there's not really been some news, but there's been some talk oh, about. Brilliant. There's, there's, there's been no, no news. news. There's never news. It. It's just people talking. Let's make it, it up. <laughs> it's the IGN way. It isn't actually the IGN way. There's been some talk <laughs> about the Xbox One and PS4 it pre-orders. Is. Yeah. Stuart, Stuart, you're ruining the process. Money. Revealing it. Um, <laughs> so some retailers, Amazon specifically, uh, and a few others have put up Xbox One and PlayStation Four things at pre-order at outrageous. Outrageous prices. The Amazon actual UK. price. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we don't know the actual price. This is just what Amazon UK has decided it is. Uh, it's going to be £599.99 for both. You know what this is like? It's like the world's longest bid-up TV sell. <laughs> where, they, where they start at a really high price and then knock it down a bit by the end of it. Is Peter Simon going to do it? Peter Simon's there. The, the luxurious nososity of this beautiful matte finish a coverage with... of games and entertainment <laughs> does anyone watch Bid TV apart from me and Stuart I have no idea if what know... that is oh I should say at this point IGN UK feedback is currently down so we've got no feedback this week that email address is currently down because we've migrated <laughs> our email server it's quite boring it's now. really boring but, but it's we are going to get it back up and running but yeah. if you're wondering why we haven't read out your email that's why and we're really sorry yeah you can so, still contact us on Facebook and Twitter, IGN UK. On and I, both. I actually like getting tweets from you people because it makes it feel special. Even when they call you a cunt. So if you watch Bid TV. Very few people call me a cunt. That to is my, nice. to, my, to my face, anyway. That's good. Yeah. But if you don't watch Bid TV, watch it because it is. 
I think it's my. F- it's the funniest show on television. Currently. Is it what happens when you come home drunk and it's three AM and you turn on the TV? And it's funny that's sober. It's brilliant sober. Just Peter David. Peter Simon. Peter Simon. I always hear Peter David. Where do you find the time to watch big TV? Saturday nights. It's honestly. It's I the went around, you have the I saddest went, life. I once went around to Stuart's house and we watched it on a projector. Yeah. Oh my god. Hysterical! You I was guys, cr- crying with laughter. I'm sure you were. That's that's a great Saturday night in. Because he does this thing Bit where he gets really cheap handbags, and they, they go, "This is a real Rahuchi bag." Never heard of Rahuchi in my life. <laughs> it goes established in 1989, <laughs> and, no, and, he, and it's like really awful leather. It's obviously been in a, like a polythene bag. <laughs> And they've just ripped it out. It's, it's been all, folded over. It's, it's all, all creased, crushed, and sweaty. And he's like, he's like, starts fingering it and like putting his hand in all the slots. And he makes it look very vaginal. Yeah. And he's like, it's like stroking the bag. And he goes, is it, you can tell this is a classy bag. Look at the clasps. Look at the way it goes on the crook of your arm. And then that hallmark of all great classy bags, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and it's got a big pocket for your umbrella. That's <laughs> fun. Well, well, I think we've to, digressed. Uh, to, yeah. to, to, to reroute this podcast, um, would you pay £599.99 for an X-Bone or a PlayStation 4? No. Would you not? Um, no. Definitely not. No. What? It's not going to be that much, though. Be no. Insane. So this is the reason for this is it, there has to be a price for Amazon to accept pre-orders. Why would they put that price at that much, though? Wouldn't I think they're probably just account? covering themselves. They've got to cover be- themselves. They can't offer it lower <laughs> and then, and then hike the price. the price up. They can't do it. I don't think oh, they really? can do that. Because they can, obviously, when it comes out and it's 400 quid or whatever, they'll just give everyone their yeah, 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 Amazon yeah. always say, like, if you pre-order something, if the price drops, we'll off, or if it fluctuates during, we'll offer it for always the lowest price we go to. Like bid up. Yeah, like bid up. Yeah. Um, but they won't, like, if it works. I'm not sure if they're allowed, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm not sure if you commit to 599, they can't then take money for more. You're almost like agreeing. That's but I the think maximum. if it was more than five nine nine, they'd refund you and say we can't accept your order. Yeah, they notify you and say you probably have to like repurchase. Yeah, it, so. yeah. So what? So, would... so basically, if they do turn out to be six hundred pounds, anybody who's pre-ordered one is going to have to pay that money. You could part. You yeah, but that's it. kind of what you're saying, aren't you? If you're yeah. going to commit to that, you. But say that, I think that's too scary. Like if I if I wouldn't pre-order this because in the back of my mind I'd think, what if it actually yeah. is? Unlikely, but what if I would order, it does a PS3 yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, actually US dollars? Amazon would definitely be one of the retailers to offer it at a cheaper price if there is going to be any wiggle room. Mm. Um, what would you pay? Two hundred ninety nine. I would go to four. Well, guess but, what? But I just get one. I'm not buying one. Either. Not at not at launch price. I no, simply, fair. I simply can't afford it. Yeah, I, it's as simple as that. I we, can't we, afford. You've got to sp- a child, a child, and a family, and a, and a mortgage. mortgage and stuff like that. That's I. I only bought a, a PS3 gosh. when they came down to like less than two hundred. Yeah, I suppose it's very different because I, I don't have any of that stuff, and no. I'm incredibly lonely. We have no responsibilities, <laughs> and Daniel's lonely. overpaid. Very lonely. incredibly lonely as well. <laughs> very lonely. Um, so lonely. And also for a lot of the stuff it does. I mean, I'm, the more I think about this Xbox One, and the more that 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 little eye is going to be watching you constantly in the corner of the room. I'm just like, you know what? Jog on. I don't need you. I don't need you. Are they thinking more about the PlayStation eye? We don't know more about that. The PlayStation eye is not... Well, we do know that it doesn't have to be connected to the PlayStation 4 for it to turn on. I just remember the announcement at the conference, but I kind of completely forgot that that's a thing. Yeah. But that... Microsoft Microsoft also... uh, they, They had a bit of a wobble this week because the Kotaku basically pushed them on can you turn off Connect? And they said, yeah, it won't always be watching. But hmm. what they meant was, you can turn off Connect by turning off the whole console. So if the entire oh, you technically console can should, then, you just yeah. unplug it. So, but, so essentially, oh. if, you, if you unplug the console, Connect won't be watching. 
Is this going to be a massive... Oh, is I this wonder... a story in a year's time? This is a massive court case. It's got to be. Well, the thing is, you're, there'll probably be a thing in the T's and C's where by purchasing and installing the thing in your living room, yeah. you're agreeing to Microsoft St- harvesting But still, if you grease that, I'm just, I can just see, like, footage of someone doing something on Connect appears on the internet without their knowledge or something like that. That would be a really good hack. If you could somehow hack I'll through someone's some, I'll bet IP you someone's address. already thinking of doing it. Yeah. Because that's what it'll be. It'll, it'll be a huge it's, scandal. Yeah. Huge you scandal. just have to make sure that whatever you do in your living room is totally PG-13. Yeah, but you can imagine all like the Orwellian pieces now, like the editorials. And... I do find it scary, like the, the whole uh, surveillance thing. And I know that basically what will happen, as with any new technology, is it will come out, it will be very controversial, everybody will have a fuss, and then everyone will buy it anyway, and then it will be normalised in the same way as tracking your phone GPS, GPS. location is now Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, the intention isn't they're trying to watch you. Well, it's like, not a government. It's not. It's just they're a not company. at all. The worst but thing they want to do is sell you stuff. Well, it's like um, it's the um, the Dark Knight Returns. How is it like that? And it's like the Dark Knight. Sorry. Um, <laughs> at the end, when they use that system to find the Joker because they can oh, access yeah, yeah. everyone's mobile phones, and um, Lucius Fox gets really pissed off with yeah, Batman he's like, for doing we're that. We're not doing this. Yeah. And then he blows it up at the end. Yeah. yeah. But the technology's still there. And that's it. You can rebuild it again. Um, dot, dot Matrix will be walking away from an exploding wall of Xbox Ones. You can't unmake the atom bomb. Or the surveillance culture. Mm. Right, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Is that you quote, quoting Hindu mysticism again? So is there, mate, is there going to be, moving on news-wise... Has there been, there's been a bit of a kind of, not a, not a repositioning statement, but a statement from from Kaz Harai about, was it Kaz Harai? Yep. About, about what the PS4 is. Is that right? Yep. Good, let's move on. Oh, have I got that? Yeah. Yep. Shit, Bri- sorry. Brilliant, Stuart. <laughs> nice. I was really cool and I thought I'd throw that open to you it guys. It was good. I, I Kaz was thinking, wow, he's not fucking prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so Kaz Harai said the most important thing we need to make sure we do, at least initially, is that we all agree and understand that the PS4 is a great video game console that appeals to video gamers. He's not wrong. It's just a continuation of them positioning themselves at the polar opposite. And it's a clever idea to do that this week. I was wondering, because obviously Kaz, Kaz's background with PlayStation and now he's in charge of Sony, this is more of a, a statement about Sony as a company in general, like the streamlining, they're putting more into video games. Going, we, that's, that could be our niche. Like if Microsoft's going after you know everything, they're going after Google and Apple. There's space in the market to be the big dominant video games company. That's what Nintendo used to be. Yeah, yeah. But he has. He's also said, you know, we take a look at this first and foremost as a games console. We don't want to end there. That's an area we'll obviously reveal and talk about in the coming months. So they are going to do more stuff yeah. with it. Well, well, you wanted to do more stuff. We, yeah, we, we shot a little video the other day mm. for our E3 coverage, saying what we want and what I wanted from the Sony conference. Even though it's a bit, it was a bit boring. The Xbox One. I want to see the other stuff from Sony. I, like we haven't seen the operating system. We don't know um, what it'll be able to do entertainment-wise. And I suspect that it'll be able to do a lot of the stuff the Xbox One will, without, yeah. so, without some of the guff that I yeah. don't care about. And it'll probably be like Sony just coming on casually being like, hey, it does all this too. Yeah. But we weren't making a big yeah. deal out of it. Because it's obviously going to have up-to-date Netflix. Of course it will. And it had um, mm. the, the Play TV, which is Sony's little TV tuner that was released back in 2008. Yeah. Alex great loves that. Thing. It's Alex great. loves I it. I use it as well. It's super. Well, here's the thing about Netflix. They're, 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 they're Netflix are, uh, are about to start trialling 4K output. And as we know, the PS4 is capable, not playing games, but is capable of, of 4K video output. Would so, you use 4K output? 
You're yes. one of the people who would, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. You, well, you're a very you're a home cinema nerd. Yeah. So would do we know that the Xbox won't, or have they just not said? They, I think I think they may have said that it was possible. I think they said that the, 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 it can. But like someone know. noticed on the back of the box, there's an output that is 4K capable. I think. I, believe. Anyway. I don't know how you'd notice that because it would just look like a standard HDMI, HDMI oh, okay, output. Then, fair but the thing be. with Sony is Sony have got the, the entire chain in place from from actually TVs, making the films in 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 you know in 4K to editing them uh, to 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 marketing them all the way through. Sony Sony's entire kind of streamline now is set up for 4K. It seems like they've really focused their business a lot more in the last year. Mm. Yeah. On TVs well, and they, they kind yeah. of have to because Sony's been losing so much yeah, money but for I, so long. But it's weird because almost going through that period now, returning to profit, streamlining, focusing in the long term is going to be really good for them, possibly. Yeah, and they're kind of they've they've stopped doubling down on phones, which was obviously never yeah. going to work. And so like, they've just basically gone, look, we're going to keep doing phones, but I'm we're not MP3 players and stuff like yeah. stuff they were losing money on. It's a good idea, isn't it? You know. Focus on your strengths. Yeah. And also, yeah. Sony's been smart enough not to go, hey, so you can do all this cool stuff with your phone on PlayStation, but only if you've got an Xperia. Because mm. you can use PlayStation Mobile on any Android phone. So mm. they've not done what Microsoft likes to do and locked out anything that isn't a Microsoft device you can't use with it. Anything that isn't Windows you can't use with it. Although, actually, Smart Glass is Smart Glass, you tried, but it still hasn't really it's, penetrated, yeah. does it? Have, have it? Has anyone ever used Smart Glass in this room? No. no. You know what? Once. I used it once and it was awful. Oh, I remember someone in the office was talking about how, I won't say who this is, this is nobody the listeners will know, and they were saying they watched Dark Knight with the companion smart glass app. And they were like, oh yeah, during the movie, information came up on the iPad about the movie. And I was just like, so what? I'd rather just watch the movie. And yeah. if I wanted trivia, I could look at IMDb on my iPad anyway. I don't, I just don't see that really adding that, much to the experience of seeing I also thought that with things like Blu-ray now you can get all sorts of really clever overlays and Java and stuff like that so you could if you wanted you just watch the movie with that is it it's another one of these solutions looking for a problem isn't it yeah exactly it's like we've got that thing that you supposedly want to do which is constantly be interrupted during your film (laughs) yeah or your game or whatever I think that there, there is there is an amazing line in the Microsoft conference that's Phil Spencer I think it's Phil Spencer standing there going my entertainment is all about watching TV whilst I'm watching a movie, whilst I'm playing a game and communicating with my friends. I just think that sounds terrible. Doing all four things really badly. <laughs> That's an at awful once. idea. I mean, maybe we're old fashioned though. Maybe because kids, I mean, I, I watch my uh, seven year old sort of stepson do, do watch TV or play games, and he's sitting there and he's got on the iPad, he's got YouTube. On the screen, he's got a game. And sometimes on the laptop, there'll be a cartoon on, like all at once. You know, sometimes mm. you walk in and he'll just naturally do that, and you're like, "What are you doing? Do one or the other." But maybe that's just how people. Well, this is why I can't go to the cinema anymore because every fucker's on their phone. That is infuriating. Drives me mad. What's a grumpy cat for Christ's sake? <laughs> <laughs> grumpy cat was meme of the year 2012, Stuart. Was it? Do you not know Grumpy Cat? Nope. Really? It's completely passed me by. I've no idea what it is. I really feel like we should bring up the YouTube thing now, nope. but that will interrupt the podcast. So let's do it after okay. the. Uh, Grumpy Cat is uh, a cat who just has the most amazingly unhappy looking face, basically. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a meme. He's a meme. It's, you, p- people do pictures of him and stuff and put words on them. Right. Which is what people who make memes do. Anyway, Grumpy Cat's got a movie deal. Amazing. Wow. Which is a bit of an insane situation. A Garf- Garfield-like movie deal. This is just what I was going to say. It sounds as if they're just going to make another awful Garfield I don't know why movie. they use... That's sad because the, the original comic strip of Garfield's good. Yeah. It says this continues the success of 2012 for a grumpy cat, a year in which she was named the year's most influential cat by MSNBC. 
I don't want to live in this world. Anymore. I'm the no. year's most important meme by Mashable. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly find things like that so depressing. She also recently attracted huge crowds at South by Southwest. Wow, wow. Her YouTube channel has over 20 million views. And merchandise adorned with Grumpy Cat's image can be bought at Walmart and ThinkGeek. But why would you want to? I don't know why you buy merchandise. Like, I understand why you would watch a Grumpy Cat video because it's funny. It's a cat video that is amusing. I don't understand why you would buy a t-shirt with Grumpy Cat on it. Although I do own a keyboard cat t-shirt, so perhaps well, I'm Well, well, there you go. Okay, I'm so. a gigantic hypocrite. <laughs> but then I was like 17 when I bought that. Um, I just... We're, we're naming the most influential cats. Like, how is this not more of a talking point? <laughs> yeah. Uh, MSNBC has the most influential cat. Yeah, because, you know, like... Contrary to the fact that we always hear about lots of crime on the news and wars in all over the world, humankind has never been more peaceful and tolerant of each other. It's just like we hear more about it and there's more of us. I think that is a sign that we've never been more peaceful as a, as a civilization. That, that we, we have to start nominating the most influential cats. Cats have... The cultural cachet of cats has increased vastly because of the internet. Yeah. I think, I think the cats basically won the internet. I don't know. Ancient Egypt was like this. It's true, yeah. <laughs> Look what Ancient happened Egypt. to them. <laughs> Actually, what did happen to them? I was just about to ask that. What, what, what went wrong with Egypt? I remember what um, went wrong with the Romans. <clears throat> the asteroid came and it killed them and the dinosaurs. That's oh, right, cool. yeah. They was flew, the, they flew off the, in the pyramid. The, well, the, the dinosaurs were only, what, 2,000 years I was ago? Si- I was sick in year four for a couple of weeks. Is, that, <laughs> is this what happened? Wasn't it the Babylonians? Did the Babylonians come and kick their asses or something? That's what we should call this podcast, Babylon. That's all we fucking do on it. Babylon. Quite like that. Um, so, um, do you not indulge at all, at all, in cat videos on the internet, either of you? Um, I, I don't mind the odd cat video. I, like, I don't mind the odd dog video. Mm. What? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think but yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But there's a place for them, isn't there? I mean, making a fucking Hollywood movie from a meme. That is getting a bit far, isn't it? Because the thing is, memes are, by their nature, jokes that last about five seconds. Yeah, It'd have like, to be a very smart movie to do it in a way that made it work. It depends how self-reverential it is, or whether it is just the character, like a Garfield, straight-up Garfield adaptation. There, there is this weird thing that's happened with, with memes in general, and with cats specifically, like lolcats. Like, lolcats used to be a thing that was done in the darkest corners of the internet. It rose from 4chan, which was like super, super nerdy, super, you know, <coughs> exclusive uh, internet people. And then because the internet kind of spread, lolcats became this very mainstream thing that, you know, your mum looks at and your your auntie and your, and your you know, little yeah. brother. And that, that's kind of happening I think I might just show my mum 4chan, see how she gets on with that. <laughs> You're only ever two clicks away from something that will ruin your mind forever on 4chan. Yeah. That's but more uh, NeoGAF. What is this, Daniel? What yeah. Um, my mum contributes to NeoGAF. She just makes up shit all day. But maybe this is the, the, new, the, new, the next step for, like, the... the commodification of memes you know so the, the thing about memes though what they're becoming memes. i think there's a place for memes but because of things like meme generator and everyone having a dodgy copy of photoshop is people now communicate exclusively through memes shut like, up and email, take my money uh, yeah it's, there must be a new law where a thread um how long it goes on for the length of a thread before it descends in just Reposts, meme reposts i think a lot of our comment mm. threads now that we have image embedding in our comments threads the first most popular comment is usually a yeah. well-timed placed meme. Because sometimes they can be very witty, but then sometimes they become a substitute for actually saying something yourself. Mm, it's interesting. Mm, philosophy of the internet. <laughs> yeah, we're getting on to internet cultural commodification. I wish now. I had a moment here where I could just draw a meme and shove it to you to end this. Yeah, I was, I was like someone recently in the office 
This is incredibly embarrassing, but it's fine. Nobody goes anywhere near anything you read or see on IGN. And <laughs> when what's a meme? A meme. And meme. That's a shame. So yeah, moving on. What's happening to EA online passes? Well, they're getting rid of them. They, just, they realised it was a terrible idea. And so we knew this um, last week, I think. But what they're doing now is games that currently use online passes, they're getting rid of them. Hooray! So it's not just future games. Games currently that have online passes, getting rid of them. Maybe they're like, hey, next generation, we're not going to need online passes because nobody will be able to resell yeah, games. B- let's just screw it like up. A, let's, let's look like the good guy, but we're screwing you over in the yeah. long run. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's like, look at this, good guy EA. Who would have thought it? Nah, it's fine. Secret bastard. Secret, Secret bastard. bastard EA. <laughs> good guy. Secret bastard. Um, so a bunch of games that you don't need them for. I'll just read out a few of them. Battlefield 3, Battlefield Bad Company 2, Bulletstorm, Dead Space 3, Dragon Age 2, Mass Effect 3, Medal of Honor. Well, Mass Effect 3 is good. I need that stuff. Um, need for Speed, Hot Pursuit, The Run, Shift 2, The Sims 3, Skate 3. Um, Wait a minute. That was in alphabetical order. I know. I just, um, I'm just like Justin Hoffman and Rayman. <laughs> you remember automatically. Just in- um, dropping matchsticks, every- uh, matchsticks, cocktail sticks everywhere. Yes. I love the fact you remembered it was cocktail sticks and corrected yourself. Yeah. It kind of goes to show what a kind of person you are, doesn't yeah. it? Can I get it right? Can I get it right? I'm an excellent I... quoter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're getting rid of them, um, which is good. But, like, as it says, probably because next generation they've got a better, more effective solution. Yeah, they're going to be redundant. For tackling with that sort of redundant. thing. Redundant. Now, this is a story um, that came out this week. But we kind of already knew about it, but it's kind of been reiterated. And I think the story that emerges this week makes it sound more forceful, like it's actual top-down mandate. Um, all PlayStation 4 games, Sony has requested developers to make them playable on the PlayStation Vita via remote play. Remote play? So remote play, is if you have a Vita, it's where the Vita becomes essentially like a dummy terminal over your local Wi-Fi, the PS4 will beam the game to your PS Vita screen. It'll compress it for the PS Vita screen. Um, you'll play it on the PS Vita. When you press buttons, it'll send those input commands back to your PS4. So the game's running on your PS4, but you're using it like the Wii U gamepad. Um, which is, I think, really cool. If you have a it Vita, that's really cool. cool. Although you can't take it with you, obviously. No, not, so but like the, the game, like the gamepad. I guess it's, I guess it's like, from launch, they'll be able to say... This has, if you have a Vita, it has exactly the same functionality as the gamepad and the Wii U, which is one of its big selling points. Yeah. Off TV play. Yeah, off TV play. Being able to... So I'm guessing there's... Um, it would be nice if it would package it up somehow so you could take it with you. I know that's not possible, but it would if be If you nice could do good. it, or if you, could ha- if you could have your PS4 on at home, and if we were at work and we had Wi-Fi, obviously, and we could play games on our consoles at home... Well, with cloud technology, that surely can't be that far away. That would with be Gaikai. cool. With Gaikai. That would be cool. That would be Because cool. when the Vita came out, everyone was like, oh, imagine playing Call of Duty on your lunch break. And it turned out Call of Duty wasn't that great. People, not everyone has 3G Vitas because of subscription costs and mm. fees. But if you could do it via remote play and the Call of Duty you're playing is Call of Duty Ghosts, that's cool. It is cool. I also like the idea of being able to use my Vita. <laughs> Just Ever. in general. Yeah, I, I've not turned it on. I've turned it on for a review that I did of Thomas Was Alone. Other than that, I've not played it since last November. Spelunky, when that comes out. Is Spelunky going to come out on it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. That's all I need to complete my life. Spelunky on the move. 
um, Limbo's coming out soon as well. Yeah, I know, I've played Limbo. I know, I, I've played Limbo lots of times. But I think it's quite nice. Quite like the idea of having a console in your bag that has all these great games. Yeah, that is super. Like building up a little library of cool indie games on it. So yeah, that's it. Though. That, it's going to be a portable Steam box. <laughs> yeah. So that's um, that's very cool. I think mm. uh, I, it's definitely reassuring if you already have a Vita and you felt a bit um, neglected. Yeah. Do you reckon that is it? Nvidia that's doing that bizarre handheld games console mm-hmm. that's essentially a PC. Do you reckon that'll be the same with the Xbox? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, because be haven't, X, haven't Xbox gone with AMD for their graphics? Both have. Yeah. I think. Both yes. have got yeah, AMD yeah. Shirts, I think. Okay, it's yeah. probably not. Would be cool, though. Who knows? All I can say is watch this space. More details probably during E3. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 Curiosity. Keza? Curiosity uh, was finally solved at the weekend. Curiosity being what? Curiosity being Peter Molyneux's extended experiment. He's fucking bonkers. In the Isn't he? He's a nutter. <laughs> he's mental. I think we overplay how like he's insane he is. He is pure mental though. <laughs> he's, he's, he's honestly he's um, when you speak to him, you just see his mind just wandering off and then coming back eventually. Peter, but then wandering again. Yeah. Peter, <laughs> Peter, Peter. Anyway, Curiosity's done now. His extended experiment in whether he can genuinely get people to tap mindlessly at a screen for months. He <laughs> could. Just plain devil's advocate here. The go- yep. Is, was that really the reason for curiosity, do you think? Well, now that we know what's in it, do you know what's in the cube, Stuart? Yeah, it's the chance to be in a game, isn't it? Something? It's basically being the god of Peter Molyneux's new game. And this is Goddess. And this yep. is the, the project that was on Kickstarter during Curiosity's life, yep. basically. For a lot of Curiosity's life, this Kickstarter was running in parallel. Yep. So uh, uh, basically, the um, the react the cynics the cynics and mongers <laughs> yeah might think that curiosity was an extended promotion. I think there's no stunt. I think there's no denying that that is an element of it that it was a giant advert for Goddess. But I don't think that's necessarily evil because no, it's an awesome, fascinating bit of promotion, and that's what marketing should be. You know, it's non-evil. It didn't ask anything of anyone. It was free to play. I think that's very true. You know, if you if you played it, then you were deciding to do that with your own time. It wasn't mm. like, it you wasn't, know, yeah. you're not allowed to play Goddess unless you play... There was, there was no negative aspect to it at all. It was a fascinating experiment, and it turned out that at the heart of it was a bit of promotion from Molyneux's new game, which will hopefully be really good. I don't see that as, like, evil marketing or bad marketing. Is well, that I agree. I actually, I actually think it's really clever bit of marketing. Yeah, I mean, it's that is what you hope for. That's mm. the kind of cleverness. And it says something about human nature. I think Curiosity managed to actually say something about people and about what they'll do to find something out together. And also, if you look at the... Uh, I was a big fan of Curiosity at the beginning. And then when the servers went down, I didn't really play it because I couldn't play it for two weeks. And I was like, ah, screw it, I'm not going to bother anymore. But I went back for the final hours. And when you were tapping away on the final hours and there were just fewer and fewer cubelets, you, could, you almost couldn't believe it was going to end. Because yeah. you'd been tapping mindlessly away for months at that point. And then when it got to the end, it was just like... Well, there was I, just nothing more to do. And there was this immense sense of, like, hollowness almost when it finished. I think it's, I, I think once heard Stephen Fry give a lecture and he said the, the the defining human characteristic is our curiosity. Yeah. That's every great human discovery is because of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like even the etymology of the word discovery, to discover, to take off the cover of something and see what's inside. Yeah. That's what defines us as a species. And I think that, that curiosity did actually hook into that. <laughs> yeah, Because definitely. it was it was about what's it was just an irresistible mystery. So what do we know about the chap who uh, made it to the centre? He, he's called Brian Henderson. He's from Edinburgh. 
And I think he's called Brian Henderson. Do you know him? And he <laughs> do I know him? Yeah, we all know I, him. I always say that, like, do you know him? That said, I did run into Daniel's Edinburgh flatmate on Princess Street last Christmas. He just hangs around me. Yeah. We do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Brian Henderson actually only downloaded the game the morning of the end. What? That yeah. seems so unfair. It is a bit. Yeah, I feel I, very, very sorry for the people who've been tapping like he, for months. He didn't really know what it was. He didn't know what Goddess was. Like he was watching the final reveal video, which is Molyneux standing saw, in the middle um, of the dark room. I saw Peter Molyneux. So that's the, the parody from Peter Molyneux. Mm. Who's actually on slightly better than Peter Molyneux at he coming up with game ideas. Absolutely brilliant ideas. Um, imagine, a, imagine a game in which you were the disco ball and you have to encourage people to dance. Um, imagine a game where you ha- comes with an old school wristwatch <laughs> and adjusting it to just time in the game. <laughs> and he, after it was announced who would, God, um, who would be God in Goddess, Goddess, um, he started retweeting some of Brian's old tweets, going, this is your new God. And one of his tweets from February was like, hmm, <laughs> tomato soup. Just what I need to pick me up. <laughs> He's a really sweet man, though. Yeah, like I did have I did have peeked through his tweet history. Could be much worse. Well, imagine Ma- imagine if you got a right four chan troll. That would be bad. Doesn't he also get a, a slice of the cash? He does. Like so. So Peter Molyneux promised that the center of the cube would be something life changing, and I agree with him that by any definition, this is life changing. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's life changing. This it feeding into the fiction of the game where it's making you god. Yeah, like, and like, also you get money, so that's yeah. a bit life-changing. Well, that's the boring aspect for me. But he also gets a hand in like determining the game's morals mm. and in, for, oh, for, the, really for the duration of the game. I wish it had been me. Oh, God. <laughs> what, what is your kind of life philosophy? Kill everybody. Kill everybody? Yeah. Is it not, is that's it? most video games, to be fair. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> what? Every first person shooter is just resting upon your flimsy morality. That's all it is. And, okay. and defecate. <laughs> so, Duke, Duke Nukem. Pretty I really much. don't want to play that game. Kill you'll all be with playing def- it. You watch. You'll all be playing it. <laughs> defecate soon. it. What would you call it? The defecator. The defecator. Probably. The def- def- defecator. Defecator. I don't know. <laughs> What, what do you what do you what? think of it, Daniel? Do you think it's a cool thing to, for for curiosity to eventually be? Um, yes, I think you know it was never going to live up to all the hype. Life changing, people could people were left to ponder what it was for months on end. It was never going to be what some people wanted it to be. It wasn't going to be like they didn't even know what they wanted. Yeah, that's exactly. The that's the thing. Nothing would live up to it. Um, and I think it was a really nice idea, and I, I like Peter Molyneux, and I think he did very well. It's so weird, because there's this big disconnect between everybody in the game's press who basically loves Peter Molyneux, and a lot of people in comments threads who can't stand him, like really oh, find him incredibly Isn't a lot offensive. of that to do with, also, but a lot of people have been disappointed by him. Yes. yes. I, I think one of the reasons you and I like him is because we interview so many people from big publishers... And you never really get anything that interesting. You There's don't no feel vision. like you're speaking to a person, you're speaking to a robot, or somebody who's very creative because they are media trained within an inch of their life, mm. and it's like an interactive press release. Whereas Peter, even though he worked for Microsoft, would not give a shit. He's a PR nightmare, and he would still give you ideas. And sometimes they would, you know, they wouldn't materialize. But that's the nature of being creative. Yeah. You, you you generate more ideas that w- than work. And I would much rather have a guy who has that kind of vision. A lot of heart as well. Yeah, and he really believes it. Like when, when Curiosity went a bit wrong, when the servers went down, the guy was nearly in tears. We interviewed him at the time and he was genuinely devastated 
buy yeah. it. And I'm like, I love that you care so much. Because, I mean, I bet you anything that a lot, of, a lot of people who make video games these days have had the caring about it kind of, you know, bred out of them. Yeah. From years and years well, of having everything mediated. It's sad. So, yeah, I think that's probably why that you're right. That's why the disconnect yeah. occurs. Hmm. Other big thing that happened this week, well, for some people it was a big thing, for other people it was a bit of a massive shrug and a what's going on, was the return on Netflix of a television programme called Arrested Development, which has uh, built up quite a cult following. It's been away for a long time. Yeah, it's been away for seven years, I think. It, was so it wasn't a, a huge hit when it was originally on. No, it was on for three seasons. Uh, Fox made it for three seasons. It was a, What years? Uh, finished in two th- alt, alt 7, I believe. Alt, alt 7. Alt 7, yeah. So it was on from 2005. Um Terrific show. I only caught up with it recently on Netflix, which is obviously the home of everything brilliant that you might have missed. Um, I, I absolutely love Netflix, and I think, you know, if I had to get rid of all my subscriptions to everything, Netflix would probably be the second to last one I'd give up. What's the last one? Or, or six, if it is, just before anyone the last writes one. into the non-existing email address. <laughs> the last thing I'd give up would be my internet connection. Oh, I suppose that's a subscription, isn't yeah, it? You need it. Yeah. So, because I, I used to do Love Film back in about 2007, eight. Is that when they posted films? Yeah, they used to post before mm. before streaming worked. They used to post and games. Hopefully, mm-hmm. they used to post. Uh, this is how my housemate at university managed to complete almost every Xbox 360 game was by um, using Love Film. But they'd post you a film, you'd watch it, you'd post it back, and if yeah. you were a bastard, you'd and burn Love it, you'd still burn do it onto that, a DVD provide that service, that. whereas Netflix don't. Yeah, um, but Love Film does streaming now as well. So what's the difference between Love Film streaming service and Netflix? Does it just not have the right the, the same amount of stuff? Because Love Film's British, isn't it? I can't comment. Love Film's not- an Amazon company. It's it been acquired, now, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't really speak for the streaming service. I think I only did a trial of the film quite a long time ago, so I don't know what the current selection's like. Well, Netflix only launched a little while ago. Yeah, so it? it's, quite, it's quite interesting how quickly yeah, Netflix has become noticed. dominant yeah. in the UK. For a long time, it had no presence. I used to hear like the US guys talking about how much they use Netflix, and I'm like, I really want Netflix. And I never really embraced Love Film. Um, Love Film has a lot of great stuff. It has a lot of TV shows. It has all of Lost. Um, but what Netflix has done recently is it started to get into original programming. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I've noticed that. It's made House of Cards, which mm-hmm. is a remake of a British TV show with Kevin Spacey. Directed which was terrific. First episode, first two episodes, I think, directed by David Fincher. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Uh, production value is insane. Beautiful looking TV show. Hundred million for twenty four episodes or something. And, yeah, and make two seasons yeah. of that. Yeah. So what they do is they put it all live at the same time, so you can watch the whole thing if you as want. as if it was a box set. Mm. Yeah, which is terrific. Which is what they've done with the new season of Arrested Development. And that's so what they're going to do with all the original. Most people watched it just program. over the weekend, didn't they? That's right. Or the, I saw a lot episodes, of people talking yeah. about just watching all of it. And of course, it's slightly different because Netflix, no commercials whatsoever. You don't have to stick to a certain. Uh, length of time that your that your program has to be or anything like that because basically what they're saying is we're making it for our service you know nobody else is going to pick it up we might release it on Blu-ray which I think they're doing with House of Cards I oh, think they, that's going to be on Blu-ray and DVD so. so the old uh, three seasons of, of Arrested Development were 21 minutes long to fit in with the network slots mm. and to run commercials through it and stuff like that. Whereas the season four, the season they've just brought out on Netflix, can run anything up to like 36 minutes so, with Stuart, no break. As Stuart and I was talking about this, is because those TV restrictions have been around for so long, it kind of imposes a formal constraint on the TV show. Yeah, doesn't this You know it's 21 minutes, that? and that yeah. becomes kind of your style, that becomes your, like... You know, it's 21, 21 mm. minutes, and there there will be three commercial breaks. And in you know, you've got US. certain points to hit. Yeah, like in, in like in American shows, like the cold opening. Yeah, so the rhythm of it. Yeah. Yes, and that. But whereas Netflix removes those restrictions, 
the problem is, I've not seen the rest of the film, but what I've heard from some people is it's become flabby. It's become flabby. The amazing thing about the original Arrested Development was how incredibly tight the the writing was. And it was a real ensemble piece as well. And was, you know, most of the scenes had a lot of the cast in every scene. And you the kind of the style of jokes that would be thrown at you, there were there would be kind of linguistic jokes, there would be repeat jokes all the way throughout, there'd be slapstick, all this comedy is just constantly, constantly thrown at you. And it's and it's almost bewildering and it's it's wonderful to be in something like that, to be a part of that world. Whereas what they've done with season four is they've kind of almost removed the ensemble p- aspect of it because I think they had trouble getting all the cast members back at the same time for the same amount of time. So they've made 15 episodes and each episode, instead of being about the entire ensemble, focuses mainly on maybe one or two of the characters. So it's, it's not the same as it used to be. And also... As Croup says, because the episodes are slightly longer, they're still structured in that American manner where you have acts, because that seems to work for, for, for comedy. And stuff, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's 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 really divisive. It's it, it's it's the general consensus is I think it's not as good as the original three seasons were. And in fact, Netflix has taken quite a hit. Their profits are down something like six percent since a lot of reviews went up uh, on the internet. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because it's it, they've they've invested so much money, and so, I mean, you know, you must have seen the marketing for this. The marketing yeah. has been absolutely Huge everywhere, show, yeah. and it's just not been as it's kind of one of those dangerous things of wish fulfillment because it, got, it gets canned by Fox. Mm. Huge love and appreciation for it. Netflix goes well. We can definitely cater for that demand. The audience for the show has grown since two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. Let's really capitalize. They go to the makers, you don't have any of these restrictions, we'll let you do it. And then that's almost detrimental to the final product. Yeah, I mean... A similar thing, when I think back about it, a similar thing in my mind happened with League of Gentlemen, where they did two seasons that were really, really good. And then the third season, they they changed the format. Yeah. The thing about League of Gentlemen... I love League of Gentlemen. It's one of my favourite things of all time. I think the third season they're very proud of and the critical reception of the third season has increased a lot in recent years um, amongst the original fan base and critics. And I think the third season was actually a statement by the League of Gentlemen, um, like Rhys Shearsmith and Mark Gators, how they didn't want to descend into Little Britain. Mm. They didn't want to become just about catchphrases like, are you local? Mm. So they made a conscious decision to do something more ambitious and I like the third season for that. It's just a different show set in yeah. their world. Um, Here's what I think about Arrested Development now. Season four, the new season I've been watching, the first three or four episodes, I did not like it at all. I really, it was it was uncomfortable to me. It wasn't what I, what I expected it to be. But now I'm probably 10 episodes in. Because what happens is they're, they're, they're basically going over the same, it's like Rashomon. They're going over the same time. Story. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're going over the same period of time in each episode all right and cool. the story's all intertwine oh I see. so the so more builds. you watch it the more it builds up and i'm at the stage now i'm at like like i say episode 10 where i know i'm gonna go back and watch the entire season again to catch all the bits little okay. kind of in jokes things happening in the background that i didn't notice the first time so even though it's not as laugh out loud funny as as the original arrested development it's probably a richer thing it's probably a more in-depth thing, a deeper well, thing. Another factor with the Netflix experience is the fact that it it permits you to gorge. Mm. 
Like yeah, a that's, 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 how, that's a how you do thing? with TV. I don't Is this know. a good thing? I don't know anymore. Well, I mean, I, I really always, enjoyed I've it always, with House of Cards. Yes, I've that's always quite... been a TV gorger, though. Yeah. Like, have you? Do you tend to watch things weekly, or have you always been a box set kind of dude? It depends on the restrictions, mm. like. But if it, given it depends the if I'm up to date. I'll watch it week to week, and I do enjoy the old-fashioned thing of a cliffhanger. Yeah, I'm thinking about it during the week. Like we're currently all watching Game of Thrones at the same time, and I enjoy speculating within the office about what's going to happen next whereas you know it's that deferred pleasure yeah um, yeah that makes sense I mean I watched all of the West Wing and I, w- I watched all of Sopranos in I think two months yeah like all ten seasons or however much six it was it was that was probably a bit excessive interesting I don't actually remember what happened in I think I think comedy there's a different dynamic to comedy which doesn't lend itself to to binge watching oh yeah because you get over exposed to yeah. funny it's like yeah, when you yeah funny like degrades after a time you, you can become quite a nerd yeah it's it. like a, I remember when I was uh, I used to watch Scrubs a lot when I was a teenager mm. I watch it now and I'm like ugh but at the time yes. but after like three episodes of it you're just not laughing anymore you're kind of thinking that's funny but you're yeah, not com- actually laughing comedy comedy repeats you can stick them on and they just become filler background yeah mm. you don't watch it intently yeah, it's very true. Saying that, though, BBC4 last night was that classic episode of The Likely Lads where they're trying not to ne- uh, know the score from the football match that's on. Oh, I've only seen that once. Brilliant. You know what You know what I think one of the great episodes is, um, great comedy episodes, Step to Sun, where they divide the house down the centre. Absolutely all-time that classic. That is yeah. absolutely brilliant. I remember watching that when I was eight years old, eating a coleslaw sandwich. <laughs> my my, uh, my favourite episode of classic comedy was the episode of Faulty Towers where Basil attacks his car with a branch. Oh, branch, yeah. I, just, I, remember, I remember watching that when wonderful. I was about nine and just not being able to breathe See, from laughing. It still episodes, does that That's all you've got and they're almost encased in amber. There will never be this any more Faulty Towers. They're so I, like, I really, really love the original Office and I know people have mixed feelings about Ricky Gervais and I completely understand I get that. And I always like the fact that he just went, he made those... 12 episodes and the Christmas special and mm. that was it but now he's bringing back Brent on YouTube comedy channel doing guitar lessons and while I do want to see David Brent play the guitar again he's going back on that initial decision to leave it at just that no I, th- I think that that's not because that, that's not remaking it's not remaking The Office it's just revisiting mm. know, a but classic it's, well, character it's, add, it, we, but it's adding to it because he did it on Comic Relief as well recently yeah. he did 15 minutes but then you know what I remember after Faulty Towers first aired because I'm that old um, John Cleese went off and did a series of, of commercials for, for Sony for their hi-fi and stuff like that. that and for all intents and purposes, the was character Basil. was Basil. So, you know, mm. I think there's space to build a character maybe outside of... Yeah, outside what's of your favourite anagram of for, um, Faulty Towers? Oh, flowery twats. Is it? Yeah. I, I like Faulty Towels. <laughs> like, How do you have a list of anagrams oh, of Faulty Towers? the show, the sign would oh, always course, be rearranged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, flowery <laughs> Towels. Flowery twats. Oh, I forgot about that completely. <laughs> Just obsessed with anagrams. So uh, It's been an anagrammy week. You can let us know uh, what you think about anything at all. Uh, by, <laughs> anything. By, by Raven. <laughs> by, there's nothing moment, else works anymore. Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, though, if you want to comment. Uh, hopefully our uh, feed will be, yeah. our, our IGN UK feedback thing Tom's will be on it. soon. He's on it. And we'll we'll put a tweet up when that's fixed. When it's active, yeah. Because yeah, we but really leave, do like hearing from yeah, you. Yeah, leave comments below the uh, the story. That's a good way of getting in touch with us. <laughs> totally. We'll check that out, yeah. Let us know what you think about Arrested Development or sitcoms or... Or contact us on Twitter. Yeah. Or our Twitter handle. Yeah. Uh, the underscore Stuart underscore Reed. That's just complicated. Yes. Why is Daniel Kruper? I'm Keza McDonald. There you go. One Z. One Z people. Right. Keza. <laughs> Games. What's Games. Out? They're out this week. <laughs> um, it's it's quiet season still. Yeah. So we have Grid 2, 
It's good. It is good, isn't it? Yes, it's really good. I've I was... been playing that, although I have to say the bits where it decides to put you on windy country American roads, you just fly straight off at every opportunity. Is this the bit where, where it builds the game as, as you're going, where you don't know if it's going to be a dynamic course? Yeah. yeah, and it's it's really, really hard to control. And the replay thing where you just kind of go back and do it again. I've always hated that in racing games, mm-hmm. just because I'm old-fashioned. Uh, and but you really need it in Grid Two because it's you, you can't tell what's going to come up. It's a beautiful game as well. Gorgeous racing game. I really like the noises that the cars make. Do that's, you? that's about as far as I can go on car yeah. analysis. So we're rec- recommending that this week. Yeah. They're very shiny. Um, Fuse. Fuse is uh, I think un- unexceptional. I think is the, uh, is the is the consensus is it's getting kind of decent-ish reviews. Like what big, is it? It's a big Hollywood blockbustery shooty game. I think I've not actually played it. Okay. Dan, have you played it? Um, no. What, reading Mitch's review, it's, um, I think it's best experienced with three other people. So if you're going to play it for the, the, the best experience possible, play with three of your mates. It's made by Insomniac Games, though, who made R- Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Good pedigree. Mm. But yeah. I think they, they agreed that Fuse was a little bit troubled in development. Yeah. You um, don't, I don't really hear much about it at all. I, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to give it a go, see, see how that goes. And um, then on the eShop... Ooh. This week, there's two of the most inventive and clever Nintendo games of all time, although they're actually made by Capcom, I believe. Zelda, <laughs> Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, which were an amazing products of that period in the late 90s, early 2000s, perhaps, where uh, Nintendo started giving Zelda to Capcom. And Capcom came up with three awesome games out of it. So Oracle of Ages and Seasons, uh, back in day, you had two cartridges, and they were kind of the same game, but one was themed around time and one was themed around seasons. And if you had both and you had a friend who was playing one and you were playing the other, you could do all sorts of stuff together with it. And also, they basically make up one complete story between the two of them. So and that's available if you've got a 3DS. That's available if you've got a 3DS. And they're great games. Great, great games. Highly recommended. Movies. Um, only one film of note, and I've not really seen it, is Byzantium. It is dot, the, dot, dot. Um, the vampire film by Neil Jordan. Neil oh, yeah. Jordan of the crying game. Mm. It's got I can never say her name. What's the girl from um, Saris Ronan? Yeah, that sounds about right. Saris. It's got Gemma Arterton. <laughs> that makes me go all funny. I do like Gemma Arterton. She's yeah, a very attractive woman, and she had um, she has six fingers. Does she? Yeah, she. Oh, when she was on Jonathan Ross, she she had the fingers removed from her hands when she was little. She oh. was born with six fingers on each hand. Um, oh, I thought you said she had six fingers total. No, yeah, <laughs> cumulative. Wow. Um, but yeah, I've heard good things about it. Have you? Yes, 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 yes. I've yes. heard nothing about it. Okay. So is that it then? Should we pack this in and go back and do our normal day jobs? Yeah. What are you playing at the moment, Daniel? M- at the moment, right now, um, I'm in between games because I've just reviewed Remember Me. Review will be going up at the beginning of next week. Exciting. Uh, I'm going to start playing Animal Crossing tonight. Whoop. And. This will annoy everyone listening and The Last of Us. <gasps> oh, bum, yeah. bum, bum. Can I borrow Remember Me? Because I quite fancy that. It's only on debug at the moment. Oh, for we'll, get, we'll get copies. We'll get I can't stop playing Animal Crossing. <coughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. You're addicted. I just, honestly, this is the fourth time and I can't stop playing it. Today a new shop opened up and I'm, it was on, I can't wait for lunch break so I can go I also playing Donkey Kong on 3DS because I really... One of my favourite genres is platformers Actually, and there's not really in, enough of them anymore. So Well... Yeah, there aren't really. No, not like, not like big, not big budget ones. I, I wasn't all that impressed <clears> with Donkey Kong Country Returns when it came out on um, Wii, just because I thought it was a bit. It never quite did anything clever. 
it just kind of kept going with the same. Was it really thing. hard as well? It was, it's it, so it, it hard. was quite hard, but I quite like that. I'm a, this is why I probably like Demon's Souls. But I, one of my favourite games of this generation was Super Meat Boy. I love that game. I don't understand why you won't play Demons and Dark. You'd, you'd love them. Okay. Both. So do that. You know what You know why it is? Time. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. I know it is one, like it's a 100 hours. Yeah. It's a week. I know it's that. that's why I find it overwhelming. Although I think the, the first time I played Demon's Souls, um, it was in Japanese, which made it loads harder, obviously, because I could only basically vaguely understand what yeah. was in the menus and stuff. And uh, but then the second time I played it, I played it in a straight twenty six hours without break, without a break, it just straight start to Jesus end. Jesus Christ! Didn't even notice that it was twenty six hours. Just played it, finished it, and looked at the clock. Yeah, that's not happened to me for many years. See, this is what I'm thinking of doing with The Last of Us tonight. Just yeah. like hunkering down. I think quite nice to play it overnight when it's dark. Mm. Quite atmospheric. I think I might go back and play Dark Souls, actually, since yeah. Dark Souls 2 is coming out. Might do that again, out of the horrible... It's taken me like more than a year to overcome the horrendous circumstances of the I, review. I genuinely think when Dark Souls 2 out, it comes out, we should all play it and um, take home a video camera or something and like keep a diary of us playing it. Such a good idea. That's a lovely idea. I'm like, right, idea. right, I'm Daniel. This is two o'clock in the morning. I'll be doing this for four hours. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> like real Big Brother style. This is horrendous. Or we all stay in the office. I was going to say, stay in the office all weekend, set up four terminals in the studio. Or rent a house. Oh my lord! For the week, and we can all go play Dark Souls. It It can be Dark Souls. Right, we're going to end now. We're going to go plan this for the next (laughs) three months. Stuff. We'll see you next week. I was going to ask Stuart what he was playing. You playing anything, Stuart? Uh, No, I'm going to watch a movie tomorrow night on the big screen. Bizarrely, it's a 1947 Charlie Chaplin film called Monsieur Verdoux, which I've never seen. So I'm looking forward to that. You love it, don't you? I'm such a wanker. See you (laughs) next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.